Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. There's a statue of Dred Scott at the old courthouse downtown. Its plaque makes clear the huge impact of his legal battle for his freedom. But the man who fought to escape slavery is actually buried at Calvary Cemetery in North St. Louis. And there's no real monument there. In fact, Dred Scott's grave is so unremarkable that even his great-great-granddaughter Lynn Jackson sometimes has trouble finding it. But she'd like to change that, and she joins us today to discuss how. Lynn Jackson, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate being on the air with you today. So tell us about your great-great-grandfather's gravesite. What does it look like? Well, it is in a beautiful location, Calvary Cemetery, and it's along a roadside in Section 1, pretty close to the street, but it's only two and a half feet high. Hmm. And uh, the, the wonderful thing about it is, though, that it was donated by a member of the family that originally had owned him. So That is, is a, a very... remarkable detail there. <laughs> I know. It's very exciting. There's a beautiful, beautiful story behind this, and I'm going to print that and make that available to everybody as the campaign goes. But yeah, so it's very special to me. And uh, I was actually uh, there as a very, very young girl when uh, it was pointed out to my mom and dad that this is where your ancestor was buried by a Jesuit priest. And at that time, there was no marker. He had been buried originally in Wesleyan Cemetery, which was near Grand and Laclede hmm. by St. Louis University. And as it was becoming... Um, abandoned and, and plans uh, probably for St. Louis U. Uh, he was moved there by, again, one of the children of his original owner, Taylor Blow, and he bought three plots for Dred Scott. Three plots at Calvary Cemetery because at the time, a black person couldn't be buried next to a white person and only a slave could be buried there if their owners wanted them to. Oh, boy, that yeah. seems, I mean, that detail is, is heartbreaking and horrible. But so they yeah. found a way around this. They bought the, all three sites so there could be some distance from these white corpses was the idea. That's true, unfortunately. Wow. But on the other hand, it turns out that that's a, a benefit to us today because uh, I would like very much, and this didn't just happen recently. I have been thinking about this for about eight or nine years. Hmm that I would love to see something a little better there. And uh, as it turns out, with everything being canceled this year, there was time and uh, a possibility of, of working on this project. So uh, the three plots that are there allow us more space than we would normally have. And therefore we are planning to have a beautiful monument there. And I'm very excited about how it's going to look. Um, and is the monument, is, is the design for that something that you already have in mind? I know you're trying to raise money right now. We'll talk about that in just a moment. But do you know mm -hmm. what you want it to look like? I, I absolutely do. Um, I, I, we're looking for it to be a nine-foot black granite piece that has columns that would remind you a bit of a courthouse. Hmm. But it will also have a lot of space for etching and uh, for detailing the history of the family and, and, you know, why this case is important, why this person is important, and also a patio with benches where people could literally come and sit 
for a moment and, and meditate and understand who this man was. Hmm. Well, that seems like a great memorial to such a remarkable life, a man who had such a long battle and, and ultimately lost at the U.S. Supreme Court, just the most devastating thing. But that ended up leading to, in some ways, led to the Civil War and, and led to some changes that we are all still living with today. Um, it seems like, man, if anybody should have a memorial in a cemetery, it is your great-great-grandfather here. And was one yeah. thing I want to point out is that we have heard from multiple people that this gravesite is currently pretty hard to find. Um, that's even if you kind of know what you're doing. Um, right, exactly. I've drawn maps and everything, Sarah. And I still, when I did the Today Show about you know, back in August, it was. We went there, and the first time I made that turn, it was the wrong one. It's the way it's laid out, and the streets are like tributaries. And once you go down the wrong tributary, you, you know you're cooked. And then it's it's so short, you can't see it. And the one I'm proposing is nine feet high. Hmm. And and there is interest in this gravesite. Um, there are some notable people at Calvary Cemetery. One of them is Tennessee Williams. Mm-hmm. Uh, General mm-hmm. William Tecumseh Sherman is buried there. But I'm told mm-hmm. that Dred Scott's grave is the number one grave people search for there. Um, Lynn, why do you think that is, that so many people are seeking out his resting place? Well, you know, this isn't just a most recent thing. I, I, whenever I have always gone there, and I started the Dred Scott Heritage Foundation in 20. I'm sorry, 2006. So technically 2007 was our first year uh, that we recognized the 150th anniversary and kept going. I didn't think I would, but here we are. And all of those years that I've gone there, I've been told that on multiple occasions. And it's like, they don't remember, they told me, but they want to be (laughs) sure I know. And so it it has seated with me that, wow, you know, and uh, he's listed among the top 25 that people would ask for. So their, their names and plot numbers or section numbers rather are at the front gate. And so, yeah, he is. And and the reason I believe that is true is because everybody recognizes his name, but they can't always tell you what he did. Hmm. And that's been a good part of my mission as I've spoken all over the country. And and I'll tell you some amazing locations, even a midwife's conference once people want to know about Dred Scott. Hmm. Well, that's great that, that people are hungry for that knowledge and, and how great if you'll be able to get that right in front of them. You have a GoFundMe up. Um, you're looking for donations to this. Why go that route as opposed to, say, try to get a grant or some big chunk of money all in one place? Well, you know, it has always been my goal to educate people. I, I should have been a teacher, but uh, I get to teach this story and all of our history. And by engaging the public and giving them an opportunity, it does two things. It allows them to be a part of making the, the new history happen. And it educates them along the way because they want to know, well, okay, I want to give to this. Let me find out a little bit more about him. And and it's a self-perpetuating educational system. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we did the statue, we had a penny drive so that children and really anyone could participate and be a part of that. But it helped in uh, enriching their understanding educationally of who, again, he was. Hmm. We're talking today to Lynn Jackson. She's the great-great-granddaughter of Dred Scott, um, and she's working to um, to put in a much better memorial, a much bigger memorial that would explain just what he did at Calvary Cemetery here in St. Louis. You can find that GoFundMe on our website. That's stlpublicradio.org, or you can search GoFundMe. It's it's pretty easy to find there. And Lynn, as you mentioned, you this is not your first project by far. You work with the Dred Scott Heritage Foundation. And uh, what are some ways you keep his legacy alive through that? 
Well, like I said, I speak around the country and this is just something that just kind of, I, I don't want to say I fell into it, but I really don't actively go out and pursue. But uh, people like the Daughters of the American Revolution, you know, hmm. they have an interesting history. And I know we don't have time to go into it, but they are some of my greatest supporters. And I I know I've spoken to at least eight organizations and I have three more on the docket for next year or four. Um, and so it's, it's really about educating. But at the same time, um, we are going to also start a reading program and it's called Reading a Civil Right. We're putting it together now, hope to launch it in early 2021. I have always felt that to live in America and not be able to read is just one of the worst crimes there is. And reading is, it's not difficult. It's simple and it's, it's, it just changes your life. Mm -hmm. If you can't read and if you can read, at least you have opportunity. So um, that is an educational program that we want to start. Um, you know, making these uh, statues or the headstone, you know, I even created a penny of him. Uh, it's a three inch penny, which at first I was selling. I saw a Lincoln penny and I thought, wow, I should have a Dred Scott penny. So I did. I put Lincoln on the back. For a while, we sold it, but then it became part of our Dred Scott Freedoms Award plaque. Hmm. And so it's no longer available. If anybody has one and they don't have the award, then they, they're going to be a, a rare piece on one day. <laughs> but, um, but it, you know, and it's made in the USA, I will say, and it's a beautiful, heavy weighted zinc copper plate, and it's beautiful. So I, it's really about, you know, saying who is Dred Scott and then finding out more about him. The fact that his trial lasted 11 years, just under 11 years, mm. that his youngest daughter was born months before, just probably weeks before they filed for their case. And her first 11 years of her life was this affected her tremendously. Mm. And then the fact that Harriet also uh, filed her own separate petition. People don't know her story. This was well. Dred Scott's wife, Harriet. <laughs> exactly. Harriet Robinson Scott. And she had the same ground. She lived in free territory like he did. You know, so the, ultimately the end of all of this is that their case was a very, a very important trigger point for the Civil War, a flashpoint, if you will, a catalyst. And at the same time, because of that war, we have the 13th, 14th and 15th Amendments. And those are the things that we are still grappling with today in terms of the end of slavery. Has it ended? Citizenship. What does that mean today? And then voting rights. So those three amendments are also called the Dred Scott Amendments, but they are still very valuably active today as far as interpretation, understanding, and comprehension goes. And, and Lynn, and, uh, yeah, as, as you say, this is all still so relevant to the time that we're living in. And it's interesting mm -hmm. to me, There's there's been so much energy and passion um, in recent years tearing down various statues. And it seems like this is the perfect antidote to that. This is one that we could add, um, a monument, not a, a statue per se. But, mm -hmm. you know, for everyone that's been taken away, here's one that really needs to be there that could could stand up and fill a void. Right. Well, you know, I hate to say it, but when I, oh, by the way, another way that I'm trying to honor him is to get a Dred Scott stamp. And so if you a go postage to Dred stamp. Scott, yeah, dredscottlives.org, you can read all about it there. It's a petition drive, actually. But, but the point is, um, he has no stamp. Uh, Bart Simpson has one. Mm. And I could tell you some very strange places that there are monuments. And, uh, you know, we have them for a cool Papa Bell, who quite deserving of Negro Baseball League, a beautiful monument. And so it's just the idea that we can teach people just like 
that surface is going to be there to to enlighten people about why he was important and here's where he is. Mm -hmm. uh, a little secret a lot of people don't know is that there's a baby buried there with him. Is that right? Um, Lynn, who's, who's baby? Um, I'm sorry, Sarah, I didn't hear you for a second. I'm sorry, you, you said there's, who was the baby? you said there's a baby buried there with him. Uh, may I ask whose baby? Yes, um, <clears throat> excuse me, the baby is one of his grandchildren. Okay. And, uh, yeah, that was something we discovered when we found out that, uh, one of his daughter's children, his grave was opened and uh, one of the grandchildren was interred with him. So um, there's a lot to the Dred Scott story. Boy, there certainly is. And I think that the question that I'm kind of left with here after talking to you, Lynn, is it just seems remarkable that nobody has done this before this. And I understand, you know, what you're saying that that in 1958, I guess that was 100 years after Dred Scott's death, um, it, it was a wonderful thing that somebody was able to get this two and a half uh, foot tall gravestone. But it just seems crazy that that's where it stopped, that nobody has done anything since. Why do you think that is? You know what? That's a question I, I would I have asked myself that. I do not know the answer. But um, I think everything has an appointed time. And I think that this is that appointed time. So if people are interested in uh, in helping you with this work, uh, the number one thing I assume they should go to the GoFundMe and, and make a donation. Is that right? Yes, we would greatly appreciate that. Yes, put in GoFundMe.com and then just put Dred Scott Memorial in the search. It's right there. And we, you know what, Sarah, I want to say more, one more thing. I, I think our time is probably winding down. but We've got we one more minute this. here, so it's perfect. Good. Thank you. We launched this on September 17th, and September 17th is Constitution Day in America. Dred Scott died on Constitution Day. So we thought it was fitting to get that going at that time. And, and because it's a cemetery, because it was his death, and because it's his legacy, we wanted to honor him that day. Boy, that does seem absolutely so fitting. And um, Lynn Jackson, I just want to thank you for these efforts and, and for educating our audience about this important work that you're doing. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Sarah. It was a pleasure. Podcast episodes of St. Louis on the Air are available at stlpublicradio.org, or you can subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts, the Stitcher Podcast app, or wherever you get your podcasts. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. Thank you for listening. I'm Sarah Fenske. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com.